the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Welcome to today's show. I am excited that you're tuning in with us, and it is an honor to have you listening today. Today we have uh, an incredible man of God who's come a long ways. His name is Zach, and we will also be coming out of the book of Malachi, and today we will cover the second chapter. So we want you to for you to stick around if you're listening now for the full hour that is ahead. And I believe that it will be a blessing to you. I believe that today you will be blessed beyond anything you can imagine when you hear this young man's testimony. So without further ado, Zach, thank you so much for being on the show today. I, you know, I know you've had a, a past that, that perhaps is very prevalent today with our society. And I know that Today, you're going to bless some people, and so I, I'm glad you're here today. Thank you for being here. So give us a, a, a little background, a, a little something about yourself so that they know you personally, and then we'll go into a Q&A. All right. Well, once again, I'd like to say thank you, Pastor Adam and uh, Cleta, for inviting me onto the show. Um, yes, once again, my name is Zach Olson, and i um, I'm 31 years old. I live in northern San Diego County uh, in Oceanside. I have grew up, I've been in Oceanside since 1994. Um, and my childhood was the typical childhood for, you know, um, it has problems. And um, the family secret of mine was that alcoholism was prevalent in my family. So I'm a, um, a Today I'm an adult child of an alcoholic um, or alcoholic parents. And um, my mother, I was born in 1991. My mother died in 1994. I was the last of five siblings. And um, we were all separated at birth. And I went, came down here to Oceanside and grew up with my dad and my stepmom, unbeknownst to me. But um, what was I going to say? So when I was 10 years old, it was July 5th, 2001, um, the day my grandmother died. And I remember the clear as day because it was morning time. I went upstairs to, you know, go wake up my mom. And I found her in her room crying. And I was like, Mom, what's wrong? And she told me that my grandma died. And um, so that, my... That must have been pretty tough for you. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the first deaths I really experienced in my life. And um, on top of that, my father had been drunk um, since the night before, and he took off with the car, and um, as was his normal thing to do, he was always never around for me 
during my childhood. And um, so he came home later that evening on July 5th, 2001, in a, um, in a drunken rage. And he was belligerent. And he shouted at the top of his lungs, She's not your mother! You're, and he blurted out the whole truth of how my real mother died. And So up until that point, you didn't know. Up until that point, I did not know. So let me ask you some questions, Zach. That's a pretty interesting uh, uh, background so far. And I think that that's enough to open us up into some Q&A. Where um, were you born? Uh, so I was born in um, San Joaquin County up in Northern California in um, Manteca. So up until the age of 10, where did you live at prior to coming down to Southern California? I was um, living in Tracy, um, with my siblings, which up until ninety, yeah, ninety four, and then um, my dad was talking to this other woman at the time when oh. um, my mom was, you know, still alive. in her party, yeah, in her party days, and um, that was rough. Yeah. So l- let me ask you some more questions. Um, so you grew up in Tracy, mm-hmm. um, and I know your background very well. I, I know you came out of a homosexual background yep um when did that all begin and just let's just stick kind of to the questions so that our audience can know you and know where you're at now so when did that start so i started having these homosexual thoughts and feelings and experimentations in my high school years um where did you go to high school at I went to El Camino High School in Oceanside, California. Okay, so it happened here in California, mm-hmm. here in, o- in Oceanside. Yep, yep. So let me ask you something. So you started experimenting. You you kind of liked that lifestyle for a while. Um, you came out of high school and you were still dealing with with this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, what was going on in your head? What actually drove you to come to Jesus and, and say, hey, what I'm doing is wrong um, in the eyes of God? Because obviously man in our society thinks that it's okay. Mm-hmm. So what drove you to Jesus? What drove you to want to change? Um, the thing that drove me to want to change was the fact that I was deep in, deep in my homosexual sin and um, I was deep in drug addiction and um, so when I first started experimenting with um with methamphetamine, and um, that was in 2012, 2013, when my brother was when my brothers was murdered. How old were you then? Then I was 21. Okay. Yeah, and um, it was shortly after he he was murdered that I moved away from home for the first time and moved up with back up north with my brother and my sister in law and nieces and nephews, and it was in that time that I saw the goodness of God and what he could give and bring to my life if I only put my belief and follow him. So when did you give your life to the Lord? I, you know, I just heard you say your brother was murdered. Mm-hmm. That must have been horrific. Mm-hmm. You were already dealing with all of these temptations, all of these thoughts, and and, and you must have known that. Because, you know, everyone knows when they're when they're not doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is we're all born with the knowledge of God. Everybody knows there's a God. Even if you're not looking or seeking for God, everybody knows there's a God. 
So what did you do when you said, hey, I need to stop this? When did you give your life to Jesus? And how did, how did, how was your encounter? Um, so my encounter actually happened a few years ago, right? Um, right around the time COVID hit. Um, I was, I became homeless for the first time in my life around COVID time. And, um, I was down on the, the strand down on Oceanside and I was, it was early in the morning and I was walking up and down, listening to my worship music and, you know, talking with God. And, um, I heard him and I felt his presence and it just, he came over me and said that you're forgiven and just follow me. He also kept telling me, you need to go to Teen Challenge. You need to go to Teen Challenge. And it was in that moment, that was July, July. You have it written down. Yes, I do have it written down right here. <laughs> uh, July 2020, July 6, 2021 was um, the day that I decided that I was going to go into Teen Challenge. And I actually talked to Pastor Paul Marin, who was my celebrate recovery pastor at the time. And he was talking to a brother who I didn't know was a um, counselor at Teen Challenge San Diego. So I talked to him, and he hooked me up, and within two months, I was in um, Teen Challenge Ministry, and I was... So you're 31 now. Mm-hmm. Um, you had your encounter where you 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 felt this present come over you, and you knew there was a God already, mm-hmm. yes. but, but you didn't want nothing to do with them because you were in, deep in your sin. Mm-hmm. And, and so... You know, you're you're dealing with your brother being murdered. You're, you're finding out your mom had died, and mm-hmm. and and so you graduate from high school. You're 18. You're mm-hmm. already in this lifestyle, and so for the next 10 years or so, uh, you were in this lifestyle. Yes, yeah. For for 10 years, um, I was in the lifestyle of homosexual sins and just so trying to find happiness. And I was looking everywhere, but where. I should have been looking the whole time. That was in, within God. So, were you like, because you know, most people that become homosexuals, especially now with the transgender movement, and transgender, all it is is a female that believes she's a man or a, or a man that believes they're a female, and they're actually transitioning to another gender, mm-hmm. supposedly, which doesn't happen because... Uh, you know, your chromosomes, your DNA, um, you know, they can actually find out if, if a person dies and, and all that's left is, and a, is a skeleton, they know who's a female and who's a, a girl by the hips, yep. you know, the areas. And, and it's just, it's phenomenal how God created us. So you're, you go to Teen Challenge. Um, how long are you there for? So I went to Teen Challenge. I was there for... Almost the entire year, um, I was shy about two two months before. Um, yeah, I was in the castle before I would have been uh, promoted to TCMI, which is the Bible College in uh, Southgate in Saint, in um, LA. And and so you left at that point. Yeah, was it hard to be a Teen Challenge for you? For me, no, it really wasn't. Um, because I was honestly, I was willing 100% to be there. And um, it was easy for me because that's what I knew I needed in my heart and my mind. And I did it to my heart's content. So while you were there, that any of the other men, because, you know, most people that go to Teen Challenge 
are going through something dramatic, whether mm-hmm. it's drugs, alcohol, or homelessness, or they find themselves with no escape or you know court ordered, and and they go to Teen Challenge, which is a Christian program. It's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, why you're there? Did anybody look at you different because of the sin that you came out of? Absolutely not. No, there was the brothers there were all 100% loving and. Um, we all had to abide by a certain set of uh, rules and standards. You know, this is a safe place, and we're not there to judge one another. And there was even a few homosexual brothers who I who came out of that yeah, lifestyle. Who were, in, who were in the program as well. And you know, I I clicked with them honestly because I was still you know you understood like, each other. Yeah, exactly. And um, but we all knew that we were there to get right with the Lord. And Amen. That's pretty powerful. Hey, if you just tuned in, this is. Freedom with Adam Riojas, as we have an incredible man of God who came out of a lifestyle of of being a homosexual, and now he's serving the Lord, and he's dedicated to Him. and And here's what's amazing about that: that God looks at sin as sin, and we see how He punishes sin. Yet God is a redeeming God, and and when you come to Him, He sees your sin no longer, and He sees you brand new. Whether you're an adulterer, an, uh, an adulteress, a fornicator, a murderer, a thief, a liar, uh, whatever the sin may be, when you come to Jesus, he says, all things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. So you've now been walking with the Lord solidly for a couple of years, mm-hmm. or about a year and a half now since you finished, since you left Team yeah, Challenge. yeah. Now, here's my question. Have you been tempted to go back into the lifestyle since leaving Teen Challenge? Yes. Um, that is one of the struggles that the um, teachers at, of the ministry would say would happen to those who either leave the, the program or once you get promoted, that the enemy is going to come at you harder because now that you're on a mission and to serve the Lord— he wants to try to stop you, and he, the enemy, wanted to take me out of my ministry that I serve at the cross on the audiovisual team. So let me ask you a question: Has the enemy come at you stronger? Do you know? Are there points where you're like, "God help me, I can't do this"? Yes, yes, absolutely, twenty four seven. I'm always like, I find myself lately. I've been isolating myself. I'll usually have my a headphone in with worship music playing. I'm reading my Bible. I'm just, I'm always constantly in prayer now just because the enemy is right here in my head. And that's where the, the war starts is in the mind. In the mind, in the and theater of your mind. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. What's one of the verses that, that keep you on that right path? You know, mine is, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. So we don't have to be cowards. We can stand up to to tribulations, to trials, to whatever the enemy tries to come at us with. What is one of your verses that keeps you on the right path? Um, one of my verses that I stood on um, and stand on to this day is Hebrews 10.36, which says, Patient endurance is what you now need so that you can, will continue to do the um, God's will. So, what is God's will? God's will is for ooh, that's 
Well, no, it's, I mean, if it's one of your verses, right? you have to look at it and say, what's God's will for your life, Zach? So God's will for my life is to bring my message to those lost souls because I was one of those lost souls. And um, this goes out, out to all my um, LGBTQ people who I know still, um, if you're listening, that you can stop running stop fighting the the hurt and the pain you're not you're not meant to be this lgbtq you're one in him and it is a choice because we have that power of free will and that's where that battle is so tough to get out of this lifestyle especially is cuz he makes it so the devil makes it so pleasurable to be in it and um God's will for me is to bring his word to the nations and um, just spread his love. And Amen. That's powerful. Yeah. So have you, have you had the opportunity to, to be able to share with someone who's come out of that same lifestyle and, 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 and be able to express the love that God has for, for humanity, for them as well? Honestly, I've been, I've been trying to. I mean, I don't do much when it comes to communicating, like especially lately, because I've been trying to prune that that old lifestyle away from me. So those friends I barely talk to, and um, well, I pray for them. That's all. No, I, amen. And sometimes we got to cut that. Mm-hmm. We got to cut that. But you know that God will will and is prepping you for that moment where you will be a voice. For those that are in that style, the LGBTQ movement. I mean, the other day you showed me, because, um, you know, you're the sound man at At The Cross Church. And, and that's an amazing. I'm so honored that you come there. And it's, I'm really, it's my pleasure to know you, Zach. I, you know, I love you as, as the man that God created you. I am so um, happy that, that you realize the person that God made you because you never change inside. Mm-mm. You may change the exterior, but you still remain either a man or a woman, mm-hmm. the way God created us in, in the beginning. Um, and so here's another question for you. Um, you're now the sound man. Mm-hmm. Um, does it help you to know that, that, that there's a church that, that has accepted you and, and has said, hey, Zach, we love you here. And, you know, we often sit together sometimes and, mm-hmm. Zach, we got to talk. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and so we're there for you. Does does it help to know that there's a church that loves you and, and cares for you and sees you as the person that God made you to be? <laughs> yes, absolutely, 1,000%. Um, and I don't think I'm the only one that does that. Right, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Um uh yeah, it does it really does help me because it's that love, it's just that feeling of being accepted. Yeah, God hates the sin, but he loves the sinner. Amen. It's Amen. It brings Zach. a tear to my eye just thinking about when you guys were praying over uh, over me a few weeks ago um at CR and when I ended this uh that relationship with this with this certain person that I knew these past few weeks. 
Well, I, I, I don't think you went off on a, on a straight out relationship with it. No, no, no. It was this guy was trying to hit on you, and yeah, and, was... and some of us recognized it, and and we sat with you and said, Zach, is this what you want to do? You're like, no. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that was um, it did it threw me off first because yeah, I was went right back to those memories and those feelings of being tempted and Temp- temptation. Yep, and um. I just knew that I'm 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 a, in service now. I can't do this anymore. This is not me. I'm I'm washed by the blood. Amen. I'm sanctified. I'm justified. I'm one day will I'll be glorified and Amen. You know what's interesting about that is is you know when God sees us, He sees us as new creatures. He He forgets that, but our brains are like computers. So every so often that stuff pops up and that's when we got to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and remember what he's done for us and you know one of the things that helps me Zach is is I look at eternity mm-hmm. and, and brother I do not want to end up in hell no sir <laughs> <laughs> and, and hell is a real place you know and 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 perhaps people don't preach that too much no more behind the pulpit but it's a real place yeah. And, and, you know, it's already tough enough on earth, you know, to make the right decisions and to do what is right. Now, what do you do when you get up in the morning? Do you just go on about your day or do you meet with God? Um, so when I was in my flesh and in the world, yes, I used to just get up and go about my day. And then after um, getting out of the Teen Challenge ministry, I was trained up to now when I wake up, the first thing I do is is a 30-minute 30, 30 prayer time and, and Bible reading, so about 15 and 15 of, um, of each one. And then I have breakfast, then, I do, then I, I'll clean up, and then I do my chores, and I get this set routine, you know. I, and then at lunchtime, I'm, I do a... Uh, I check in with a Bible app or I read a scripture here. So you got another devotional. You know, yep. some of us need more than that. I, I'm one of those. I, I my you know my mind is so messed up. I often tell people if you knew what was going on in here, you wouldn't want to be around. Oh me. yeah, because there's a lot of stuff. But that's where the battle's at. You know, I I literally um, do about an hour and a half to to three hours sometimes of. Of study, but that's what I need, and 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 you know I need him. So I I find myself when I get with him, I'm sh- I'm stronger. I'm 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 able to resist all these thoughts, and and then I literally verbally would say, no, nope, not going there in Jesus' name. Yep. And I, and I, and I have to remind myself. I don't know where you're at with that. Yeah, I've actually been doing that a lot lately as well. Um, Audibly speaking it out loud, like, nope, not today, Satan. Amen. Not today. I do it on the bus, out in public. People look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> I got my Bible in my hand. I'm like, talking like. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm, Amen. Yeah, I'm fighting him off. Because, you know, what's interesting is we're individuals, mm-hmm. and one day we all have to face God. Amen. And our friends won't be there. Nope. Um, our parents won't be there. Our siblings won't be there. Our church won't be there. It'll be you and I solo with God Amen. and and him playing out our life, you know. And for us, it's for for believers, it's, you know, we sit in front of him at the table of Christ and he's actually, we, you know, what, the rewards that we're going to get or not get 
because of our works or what we did. For the unbeliever, their life is played back because most people at that point are going to say, no one told me. I didn't know. The Bible is very clear in Romans chapter 1 that every person is without excuse. Amen. You can't get, I can't get in front of God. I didn't know God because we've all heard it. So, Zach, uh, I want you to give our audience, you know, we're running out of time. We have a few minutes left. But can you give those that are listening and and have been part of that lifestyle a word of encouragement? Um, Because it is, it's a tough lifestyle. And it's the same thing for someone who commits adultery and is constantly cheating on their wives or or someone who's a fornicator. They, They struggle and... And they think, well, at least I'm not a homosexual. At least I'm not a thief. At least I'm not a murderer. At least I'm not a liar. But they're dealing with their own sin. And they they try to compromise. Give our audience and those that are dealing with the sin that you came out of a word of encouragement, please. Um, To all those listeners out there, I would just say to encourage them that... Yeah, all you can have as much sex as you want, as much drugs as you want, as much sin as you want, but it will never fill that void that every human being has deep down inside them that is within their soul, it's intertwined within them, that there is something greater for them, there's something greater going to happen for them if they just have faith and believe and call on Him, the name of Jesus is he's the only one who could bring us to the Father. Amen, Zach. That is a great word of encouragement. You know, I um, I love you, man, and I'm so glad you're on the show, and, and I know you'll have an impact on someone. You know, our job is to get up and go. The Bible says that a righteous man falls seven times and gets right back up. Amen, and that's actually one of the verses that... Um, got me into right before I went into Teen Challenge it was one of the verses that I st- stood out to me and then it was um, Jeremiah twenty nine, eleven through 14 which says for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord and this is when um, quote it come on this is when the, the, the Babylonians were, were captive and they're coming out of captivity bring it so Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from all the nations and places from which I have banished you into captivity. And, bro, <laughs> you just hit it. That was amazing. Amen. You know, I know someone was captivated by your testimony. Amen. And I know there's hope for all walks of life. It doesn't matter the scene you're at. When you come to God, he cleanses us. He makes us brand new. Zach, we love you, man. Thank you for being the sound man at At the Cross in Oceanside. And we'll be right back. And thank you for listening. We'll be start back in the book of Malachi. God thank bless you. God you. bless you. And we'll see you right back. 
The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. Thank you for listening, and we were just blessed by Zach Olson, who gave us a powerful message about his past life, and he came out of a lifestyle of being a homosexual. And the Bible says when you come to Christ, you become a brand new person. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And Zach said something really interesting, that, that when you come to the Lord, everything is brand new. Everything becomes new, and that all you need to do is just cling on to the Lord. And, and he gave us the, the, the key, and that was to get up and get into your Bible and, and to know that no one can fill that void except for Jesus Christ. And we all have that. That was amazing when, when he mentioned that, that that void can only be fulfilled through Christ. Not enough drugs, not enough alcohol, not enough sex. Not enough whatever we're doing to fill that void. We were created to worship. That's what we were created for. So as we get into the the second chapter of Malachi, this chapter now turns in this direction where it now deals with the priest of the time of Malachi. And if you remember, Malachi was absolutely the last book written that was inspired by God and given to the people. They were now back in their land about a hundred years after being uh, uh, let go by the Babylonians. And just like God had promised that they would actually be in captivity for 70 years and they are now back in their land. But Somehow they had fallen into disappointment along with the priest and those that were leading the nation. Um, and, and I can see why, you know, the, they had great writers, uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, and, and then the prophecies from Zechariah and Haggai about Messiah. And somehow those prophecies were not fulfilled in their time. And there's still a fulfillment in those. And as we see here, 
you can tell that the people were disappointed and now the word is for the priest and you can easily look at it and it could make a lot of sense when you apply it to you. Especially if you are a pastor and you're listening today, if you are a worshiper and you're on the worship team, a deacon, an elder, an usher, um, someone who steps out and represents God and brings a message of hope about God, and somehow in in your own walk you've been disappointed. Uh, you've been led astray by the sin, especially in these days that we live, that is so prevalent. But as we read, you will begin to see the word that Malachi has for the priest. And now, O oh, you priest, this commandment is for you. For And here's the application for all of you that are in ministry, for all of you that say you represent the Lord Jesus Christ. If you will not hear and if you will not lay it to heart to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you and I will curse your blessing. Yea, I have cursed them already because you do not lay it to heart. Did you just hear what Malachi is saying to the people He's like, if you don't give me glory, if you don't exalt my name, I will turn your blessings into a curse. Now, some folks believe that at this point, it could have been the blessings that the priests gave to the people or the blessings that the people gave to the priests. I believe that it was the blessings that the people gave to the priests because, you know, when you're in ministry, God blesses you. God uses folks to to bless you, to, to make you feel better. But at this point, God says, I have already cursed it. You're not giving me glory. You're not giving me your best. You've turned your face from me. And I am going to curse your blessings. And then lay it upon your heart. Verse 3 says this. Behold, I will corrupt your seed and spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of your solemn feast, and the and one shall take you away with it. Now, if you're familiar with the Old Testament of the Bible, and you know that the priest, um, the Levites were the ones responsible for the care of the temple. And when the people would bring their sacrifices and supposedly their best, which they were not doing now, um, the dung or the poop or the feces from the sacrifices was taken out of the city and buried in another location wherever they were at. Now, what's interesting about this verse is that Malachi is telling them that God is saying, you know what? We This dung, this feces should be put on your faces because you are disgraceful and you should be taken out of the city 
where all the refuge and all the dung is at. That is a strong rebuke. That is how God feels when you and I, especially if you are behind the pulpit or in ministry, this is how he feels for those that don't give God their best, for those that are not glorifying God in all of their actions, whether it's in deed or in work. Verse 4 of Malachi says this, And you shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you that my covenant might be with Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, Levi was the first person that he called, and it was from Levi that God called all of the priests. Now, we know that Levi wasn't a perfect man, but he was a man that had repented. We know that Levi actually committed murder when his sister was raped. Him and one of his brothers went in there and killed all of these folks that they had tricked into getting circumcised. And they went in there and slaughtered everybody. But here's the beauty about serving God, that you and I can repent at any time, that God's forgiveness is beautiful. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's 1 John 1, 9. That's a promise from God that you and I at any point in our life when we've gone astray or when we're sinning, we can come to God and ask him for forgiveness and he's faithful and just to forgive us. That is the God that we serve. That is the God that loves you and I. And that is the God that wants to bless you. But right now, it's a rebuke for for the priest. And if you want application, it's for all of you and for me that are behind the pulpit or in the service of God. Verse 5 says this, My covenant was with him of life, with Levi, and peace. He, He, I gave him life, I gave him peace, and that was my covenant. I gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me. Now, that word is is where we get the word reverence. And reverence simply means that you give God your best. And that the fear that is in you is if you mess up, you know that he's bigger than you. That he has more authority in you. That that he can bring you back by a form of chastisement. I I call it a spanking. I, I call it... Oh, oh my goodness, I got to get right because I'm I'm not on my right path. And God can do that. And that's what he's telling them. And was afraid before my name. He reverenced my name. He feared me. Verse 6 of Malachi, the last chapter that was written, that, that where he's now speaking to the priest um, in... Back in Jerusalem, back in Israel, after they had been let let go free from being captive with the Babylonians for 70 years, and they had now been back in their land a hundred years, but somehow they had strayed again. Verse 6 says this, The law of truth was in his mouth, and iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace 
and in equity and did turn away from iniquity. He did the right thing. He followed me. He was a man of peace. He was a man of of equity. He was a man that stood out and he served me. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge. What, what Malachi is saying that if you're a priest, then you need to be knowledgeable of the word. It was, it was up to the priest to read. It was up to the priest to pray. It was up to the priest to follow God's precepts. Not just read and not just pray, but to live his life out like that. And that's what he's telling you and I. The application is that we are living in such radical leftist, crazy times when we need to serve God. We need to reverence God. We need to read the Bible. We need to be knowledgeable about what we are talking about. Verse 7 continues and says, And they should seek the law at his mouth. They should seek what is right. They should do what is right. And everything out of their mouth should be to glorify me, should be to glorify God, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. That's what the priest is. That's what the pastor is. That's what the elder is. That's what the deacon is. That's what the usher is, a messenger of the Lord. And when we're not living our lives like that, then the blessings that we have coming or the blessings that we may have already gotten from God, he will turn into a curse. And this is what he's telling the priest of the day. But the application is that his word is revelant. His word transpires, transcends time. Verse 8 of Malachi chapter 2 says this, But you are departed out of the way. You have caused many to stumble at the law. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. The Levites were responsible for corrupting the word, for not speaking what the law said without saying what God wanted them to hear, without being knowledgeable about his word, and God was holding them up as the responsible people that had now led away the people and had become a stumbling block. Verse 9 says, Therefore have I also made you contemptible and base before all the people, according as you have not kept my ways, but have been partial in the law. What he's saying is, I will take the people and have taken the people to see you to see you as contemptible, to see you as having dung on your faces. Those are some pretty strong words from God. God sees those that wish to step up that decide to serve God, that decide to take a title on as a pastor, as a deacon, as an elder, as an usher, as a servant inside of a church, representing God as contemptible in the eyes of the people, as having dung on their faces, and it would be better for them to be taken out of the way. Verse 10 says this, 
Hey, by the way, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas as we're going through the book of Malachi and God is rebuking the priest of the day for not following the commandments, for not having the knowledge to speak to the folks. And as we look at this, we can easily see that the application are for those that are in ministry. Are we giving God our best? Verse 10 now says, Have we not all one Father? And, and literally is what he's saying, Hey, we have the same Father. You are all of the seed of Abraham. We have one Father. Hath not one God created us? Now, one God has created. It's only one God. It isn't ten gods. It isn't the God of the of of the Muslims. It isn't the God of the Hindus. It isn't the God of anyone else out of Jehovah, out of Yahweh, out of the Creator. Now, this isn't to call out any other religions. This is to tell you what I believe. And I believe in the Bible. I believe that it's God's inspired word, flawless for those that are listening, for me, and for anyone who wishes to look at it. There is more evidence for this book being perfect than there is that the sky is blue, which it's not when you look at it seriously, when you know the makeup of it. It's amazing as we begin to read this. Have we not all, has God not all created us? Now, you don't become a, a child, a spirit child, a spirit child of God until you ask Jesus into your heart. Yes, he created us all. Yes, he's the creator. Yes, he created man. Yes, the Bible speaks about creation. The only book on planet Earth that does that. Now, why do we deal treacherously, every man against his brother, by profaning the covenant of our fathers? The word was given to Abraham and now and then to Moses. And, and, and then now it's all been corrupted. Judah hath dealt treacherously. An abomination is committed in Israel, in Jerusalem. For Judah hath profaned the holiness of the Lord which he loved and hath married the daughter of a strange God. Now, this is an interesting verse for those that are, are reading. God isn't, isn't a racist. God isn't someone who looks at someone who's not Jewish Differently, the reason God was had instituted what marriage should be like was that he didn't want the people that he had chosen to corrupt his word. He didn't want others to hear it corrupt. He wanted them to be a light to the nations just as he has done for the church. Now, Israel now had married a woman from Moab, brought the curse of God upon the people, Solomon, if you remember, married foreign women and took his heart, that took his heart away from God. First Kings 11, 1 to 10. Ahab had married a witch, Jezebel, a foreign woman who led Israel into the depths of depravity. First Kings 16, 29, 33. We have a lot of Jezebels now in the churches that show up and look all pretty with tight clothes, with revealing cleavage, would get the attention of the men. And, and you ought to know better, men. You ought to know that you need to look for someone 
who loves the Lord, who looks at God first, someone who dresses moderately, someone who doesn't attract you just because she's dressed super sexy. You you need to look at a woman that loves the Lord. Now, Paul says that, that believers... And unbelievers should not be joined together in 2 Corinthians 6, 11, 18. Why does he say that? He says that so that an unbeliever does not take you away from what you've believed. God loves marriage. And he hates divorce. And the only means for divorce is infidelity. Now, verse 12 says this, The Lord will cut off the man that doth this. The master and the scholar out of the tabernacles of Jacob and and him that offereth an offering unto the Lord of hosts. He said, I do not want you to marry anyone outside of your faith because they will take you away and you will begin to believe their gods, what they believe in. God knew what he was doing. God is not a racist. God is someone who wants to keep you pure Once you have an encounter with him. Verse 13 says this. And this have you done. Covering the altar to the Lord with tears. With weeping and with crying out. Inasmuch that he regardeth not the offering anymore. Or receiveth it with good will at your hand. They were divorcing their women. They were marrying the young women of foreign gods. They were leading the people astray. Their example was Horrific. You yet you say wherefore, because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously, these old goats were now leaving their their old wives and looking for young wives to marry. Marriage was instituted by God, and that's why the enemy attacks marriage. That's why you have men with men and women with women that are getting married to attack the very covenant that God instituted between a man and a woman. Yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant? 15 says this, and did not he make one? Yet hath he the residue of the spirit and wherefore one? That he might seek a godly seed. That's what he's looking for. He's looking to believers to reproduce and bring a godly seed about. To bring someone who's going to glorify God. Someone who's known, knows God from birth. And someone who eventually gives their own life to him. Because every individual must do that on their own. Therefore take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. God is saying that you should not give up your wife when you're attracted to a younger woman. And that's exactly what these folks were doing, the Israelites. A hundred years after being in captivity, they had already fallen away. They were already doing what they wanted to do. They had dealt treacherously with their wives with the people when they were supposed to be leading the people of God. You have worried the Lord with your words, yet you say, 
wherein have we worried him? When you say, everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he that delighteth in them, or where is the God of judgment? They were now approving sin. I know that if you're a believer, you deal with your past sin. I know that the battle is real. I know that in the theater of your mind, it is insane that there is a battle going on. And that's why you are supposed to take on the armor of God, which is spiritual. Know that you're saved. The helmet of your salvation. Know that the word defends you. The shield. Know that 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 there is nothing outside that can fill that void, that could make you happy, but God. And that's what the whole message was about. That's what the rebuke was about. Getting the people to remember their first love. We are living in such a time as this. There is nothing under the sun that is new. What has been done is being done again today. You and I, if you are a pastor and you're leading your flock astray that God has given you, you will be held responsible in the eyes of God. If you are a deacon, an elder, an usher, a sound man, if you are someone who serves in your church and you're not giving God your best by reading his word, by becoming knowledgeable, then you will be held accountable in the eyes of God. See, we are now living in a time where everyone calls evil good and good evil. Wife, will you please close us out in prayer? Cleta Riojas. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just need you, Lord God, and we pray, Father God, for all the prodigals out there and the lost souls that are just looking for um, direction and looking for answers. And Father, we pray, Father God, that um, you would open the hearts and the minds of many pastors out there to just reach beyond the confines of their church building and really get back to the biblical truths and not in, not allow sin to be in the entering into the camp of the house in Jesus' name. Amen. If, if you enjoyed the message, we will be back next Sunday at 5. And if you would like to visit us and meet any of us, meet Zach, please come see us at At The Cross, Oceanside, in Oceanside, 2112, El Camino Real, um, 92054. And if you want to call the church, 9760-994-3534. We love you. We thank you for tuning in with us. We thank you for following us. And if you want to visit our, our website, it's at thecross.com or .org. Come see us. We love you. God bless you. But more than all, God loves you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Aguilar. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on KPraise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.